Welcome to episode 42 of Your Personal Podcast. For those who want more out of life, please rate, review and subscribe to Your Personal Podcast. I'm Martin Hazy. I'm an entrepreneur, educator, CEO and a former Lord Mayor. As always, I'm here with Mim Romeo. Mim is a corporate retailer, business coach and mentor and an executive advisor and is here as my co-host in the Your Personal Podcast sound booth. Mim, welcome. Welcome, Martin. It feels like I never leave you. (laughs) The reality is you don't. Anyway, my wife has a point of view about that, but anyway. Life is one long podcast. That's right, it is. It's always good to be here, Martin. And And as long as it's your personal podcast, that's all that really matters. It does. You know, your personal podcast is a good podcast. Yes, it is. To our listeners throughout the world that tune in every week, we thank you. And we thank you also that if you're sharing with your friends and family to tune in as well, that is a great positive. Thank you and keep listening, please. Exactly. 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 A friend and of mine used to say exactly. And we said episode 42. We did. Unbelievable. 32 is good. The bullet train is we're mo- getting moving close towards to, episode 50. I don't know. 50. Once we get to 50, then look out. And that's 5% of 1,000. That's it. Last week, we were, well, a few weeks ago, we were only 2.5%. So that's we've right. doubled that already. That's right. Yeah? Yes. You're looking good, doesn't Incredible. it? Incredible. <laughs> yep. I'm, I'm planning my 130th birthday. It's going to be fantastic. You're well, come you along. don't look any older than 129, so yeah, you're, you're doing well. You're a very funny man. <laughs> very funny man. Mim. Yes. This is going to be a really interesting conversation today because we're talking about something which I think brings out of a lot of emotion in a lot of our listeners. Absolutely. Throughout the world, this is a subject that everyone is paying attention to. Okay. And it is money and you. Wow. Money and me. Money and you, that's right. That's of course, right. It's, yeah, that's right, Mim. It's um, all about you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> of course. How can I forget? Money. Money, something that people think they can't do without and something they think they can't do with. Remember ABBA? Oh, yeah. Money, yeah, money, 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 money. I always remember that. They're yeah, a very good band they were. Terrific song. Yes. Terrific song. World-renowned they were. Indeed. So, Mim, exploring the relationship we all have with money. Yeah, it is. Look, it's a subject that's never-ending. Where you does know? it start? Where does our money relationship start? Look, life itself, um, it drives us from the very beginning. Why? Because the way it's structured society is that we do need money to survive. You know, the, the you can't go without money. Now, people say, yeah, but I can live off the land. I can do – yeah, you can. There's a lot – there's a minority of people that do that. But money is what makes the world go round currently. You know, uh, currency throughout the world. We look at the share market, everything. It's all based around money. And one of the things that we'd like our listeners today to probably understand more is how do we balance – our life between having money and still enjoying life. There are so many great quotes about money, and I'll read one to you. So here's one that was basically Aristotle. So this is going back, isn't it? Well, money that's is way a, back. It is. He's older than you. <laughs> money is a guarantee that we may have what we want in the future. Though we need nothing at the moment, it ensures the possibility of satisfying a new desire when it arises. What the hell does that mean? Look, <laughs> look, there's some statements definitely around. You know, one of the things I've learnt over life, Martin, is that most people don't live in the quadrant they can afford. What I mean by that is that if I'm earning a certain amount of money, 
that will give me a certain comfort in a certain quadrant of life. So, for example, if I'm earning $100,000 a year, I might be able to live in, say, the mainstream component of life. But generally, I would probably be expanding my level of commitment to the next level, which might be the higher end. So where I could have lived a comfortable life, I'm now under pressure because I'm living outside that quadrant I can afford. Everyone on this earth at this stage, I would say, probably could sit in that same category where they're always living in the next quadrant that they really can't afford, but they're moving towards it. So whether you're at the entry level in terms of the financial situation or whether at the high end where you've got a substantial amount of money, it's all relevant because when you talk to whoever in whichever quadrant, it's really clear that they're living in the quadrant that they can't afford rather than the quadrant that they can. Doesn't that strike to the heart of the matter, though? Because some would say live within your means. Yeah. Others would it's say... It's easy to say, but hard to do in today's society, but, in any society. But correct. But look at the whole way society is geared. Is yeah. that how do you get ahead if you live within your means? It's it. You can't... This, look, risk is good to take, but depending on the size of that risk, you know... Um, it's really easy, like you might be able to step out of your comfort zone slightly to start to improve, but sometimes people's financial commitment goes beyond what they can afford. But do you think we dress this up with language and people say, oh, no, I don't take risks, I take calculated risks, which somehow kind of makes you feel smarter. They're all gambling. They are. Look, we, we all get, look, in some respect, we all take a gamble in life and we all take different levels of risk. But one thing's for sure when the credit facility came into into play in society throughout the world, most people are probably in some financial pressure because of that ability to, to obviously spend money that maybe we didn't have. But look at the example that is shown to us by governments individually and collectively around the yeah. world. They're addicted to debt. It's not so much addicted to debt, it's that sometimes they don't think there's another way forward. So they need something, so they'll just borrow more. And again, you know, money is is important to have, but it shouldn't be everything for us. It shouldn't be the driving factor of how we live life. I'll give you an example, Martin. Over the years, I've, I've come across many people that when they start off in life, and, and I'll use this example for married couples. You know that, that people get married and all of a sudden the husband or the wife decide to um, get a job, um, a career. And they say, I've got this job because um, I think it's going to support our family. I think it's going to you know, do what we need to do. Then many years later, the job becomes more important than the family. Then a few years later, the family separates. Why? Because now the family's become a burden. So sometimes we've got to understand what is the sacrifice we're making and what is the risk we're, we're willing to, to, do, to have because of this money drive. Now, I'm not saying wealth is not good. <laughs> I'm as like anyone else in this world. The more money uh, we can have, the more we can do. But there is a limit to what that should drive you. There is a limit to what you should risk. And family should not be one of those things you're willing to risk. So, you know, when you look at careers, whether it's business, whether it's working for someone, ask yourself, is that job or that career or that business going to support how I want to live with my family, 
or whether it's me. And you find if you can choose a career, a job or a business that supports exactly how you want to live, the money will take care of itself. Did you grow up in an environment where the family thinking was money is the enabler of all good things or did you grow up in an environment whereby money is the root of all evil or somewhere in between? I grew up in a family that uh, my parents said uh, family was the most important. Now, my dad and mum worked and they knew they needed to supply the basic needs for the family, but it wasn't everything. Everything for them was their children. Everything for them was love in the family. That, yep, we needed food on the table. We needed to do what we needed to do to put that on the table. My dad needed to pay bills. He did everything he could. But beyond the money, the family was the most important. So we could have gone out as children. My parents could have gone out and got so much more debt. But they understood the risk in taking on more debt. So what they did is over time they just grew and they just grew at a pace that they knew would meet our requirements. Don't we all have a regret every now and then? We think, gosh, if I'd only bought that house in that year, look what it's <laughs> worth now. That's right. And I remember agonising over the decision and couldn't do it at the time. I couldn't afford it. I couldn't raise the deposit. But wow, if I had, things would be so much yeah, better now. It's true. We all look back. Is Hypothetically, that, we all look back. Is, I've looked back. You've looked back. Everyone's looked back like... But I always say, back in that in the time that we saw the opportunity, there was risk. Now, if we all knew how to, if we all knew what the future brought in every situation, I'm telling you, we'd all be lining up at the banks, borrowing as much as we could. But unfortunately, there is limits to what risk we're willing to take. So I grew up in an environment where the predominant family thought was that money doesn't grow on trees. Yep. That, that's how I would describe it. So, so it's, all those seeds I planted, <laughs> I wonder they haven't grown. I was looking for the tree <laughs> with the money. Yeah, sorry, I just never, <laughs> I never watered it. But it's interesting. I mean, I, I would encourage our listeners to think about a phrase which sums up their family relationship. They're up. Because it's kind of your upbringing has an enormous influence on how you view money. It is, look, even within the same family unit, you might have, let's say, siblings. Someone's been able to financially get in a better position, driving around nice cars, buying nice houses. Someone in that family could be also on the other end of the scale, struggling to buy a car, struggling to pay f- f- fees. That's or, true. And within the family unit, it becomes difficult. Why? Because... There seems to be a tendency of competition. Yep. You know, and money sometimes brings that. But what I say is that, you know, money shouldn't be our happiness. Money should be a means for us to be able to do more and to be able to live life from maybe how we want to. So there's there's ways to achieve financial stability, but it shouldn't be the driving force of every decision we make. So why do we get so emotional? Why is money such an emotive topic that seems to strike to the very heart sometimes of our self-identity? Why is that? Again, we spoke last week about... Um, confidence. Confidence and being happy with who you are. Correct. That is always the key because sometimes we can get influenced by what we see, people we see. Oh, look what they've got. Look what they can do. But yet, you know, in most cases... Those people are not happy. I'll share my journey. So, Mim, I, when I was young, always wanted to be in business. Yeah. Because I saw that as a means towards financial independence. As, and, as many people do. And self-determination. Yeah. Which is I, I could realise my own dreams and I could, um, you know, achieve a return along the way. And I was in this mindset when I was younger 
that, oh, no, look, when the business gets to another level, things will be good, right? And then I'd get to that level and i think, when the business gets to the next level, things would be good. And usually my definition of that was that I'd be deliriously happy. Yeah. It's an illusion in my experience. It, it, in many people's experience, Martin, it's the same thing. That's why I always say be happy with today. Correct. And tomorrow will bring more joy. And that's but why be happy I, with today. That's why I'd encourage our listeners to listen to episode 41 of your personal yeah. podcast, our last episode, yeah. because it does talk to the heart of this matter, is that sometimes we think in terms of levels. Yeah. And when we get to level three, we're going to be happy. We get to level four, we're going to be very happy. We get to level five, we're going to be deliriously happy. How many people I've known, Martin, in the past, when you talk about the different levels where people have taken on more responsibility in a role, you know, because it's paying $250,000 a year or $300,000 a year. Oh, this is going to sort all my family problems out because $300,000 a year. They get the job and they're miserable. They are miserable. This time-consuming. They're working 18-hour days. The culture within the environment they've taken the job in is not the way they thought it was. So every day becomes a, a burden. Every day becomes a, a depressed day. But yet they initially thought it's the answer to everything. Yep. But here's the proof, Mim. You know, we've, we've all come across extremely wealthy people yep. who are thoroughly miserable. I've come across wealthy people who are thoroughly happy. I agree. But we've also met people who really just don't have anything to their name, yeah. who have a great sense of joy, and people who don't have anything to their name who are far, but, thoroughly yeah, frustrated. Yeah. So where, what I'm looking for here is where's the pattern? Because there's a disconnect here between being happy and being wealthy. Again, my views is and I've come across a myriad of people throughout the world and I say this, whatever you choose to want to do in life, be happy. Whether you want to live on a property, on a farm, and just be self-sufficient, that's fine. If you want to be the person that owns every hotel chain in the world, that's fine as well. It's no right or wrong. But what I encourage people to do is don't be driven by money for the sake of money. Be driven by what, how you want to live life and what's required to be able to sustain that lifestyle. So if you want to travel around the world six months of the year, pick a job or a career that's going to provide that support. If you want to be home with your family and not work weekends, pick a job and a career that will support that. If you want to live off the land, go buy a farm and plant your food. All I'm saying is money shouldn't be the driving factor. We should decide how we want to live life and what financial requirements are there to support that? Now, that's where the choices in life become really important. So money's not driving my decisions. What drives my decisions is my lifestyle. I love this quote, Mim. Will Rogers said... So to what I said didn't mean anything to you? It absolutely <laughs> we just let that go. No, that, that <laughs> just had a, a good five-minute thought, a really passionate sentence you went straight into your quiet that's okay no because it was you're not listening it that's was okay. such a definitive slam dunk <laughs> that i thought i could see the ball going through the basket and i thought 
You've nailed it. <laughs> and I, I don't even need to comment. I just... But you, I want your comment. You've, you've, I want your, your emotional connection to I, that statement. So you do need some validation. No, not really. But I want to see it in you. Okay. Okay. Well, so I've, what I just shared, what are your thoughts to that, Mark? Well, this is why I was going to read the quote, which you're not letting me read. All right. So, because it. it really sums it up. Okay, you tell me. Will Rogers said, too many people spend... Is that Roy Rogers' brother? <laughs> yes, of course it is. Yes, yes, of course it is. <laughs> I'm trying to think of a comeback to that, but I'm sure I will. Too many people spend money they haven't earned to buy things they don't want yep. to impress people they don't like. Isn't that a great comment? Look, it, 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 look, there's so much truth in that, and there are people, uh, unfortunately, who probably aspire to always focusing on that. I would like to think that our influence on your personal podcast is to get people to reset, reevaluate, and just ask themselves, how do you want to live life? How do I want to live life? And then make the decisions based around that. And there's no limit. You want to fly around, you want to sail around the world in a, a billion-dollar yacht, find a way to earn the money to buy the yacht and to live that lifestyle. I'm going to break this in down to two parts in my experience, Mim. One, how to make money, and two, how to retain it, because they are two different things. It is. To, to make definitely. money, you have to create value for others. Yep. Now, that might That's sound, in any industry. Yes, but it might yeah. sound very, very simplistic, but it's not, because often we overlook it. Often when, when we sit there, we're kind of thinking about, right, how am I going to make my... How am I going to make money? How am I going to make my fortune? Right? How am yep. I going to do this? In order to make money, you've got to think about solving a problem for a lot of other people, right? Yep. Whether it's a technological solution, a market-based solution, a consulting solution, a product solution, a service solution, a financial solution, effectively you create value for others. Whether it's service or products, it's always Correct. something for someone. The way to keep money is actually financial literacy. And this is where a lot of people go weak at the knees. To understand finance, you have to educate yourself yep. on finance. You do. And so many of us are actually good and can be good at the first part, how to make it, but we don't keep it because we're not financially literate. Yeah, It's like anything. If you want to be a sports person, you've got to get fit. If you want to be financially successful, you have to be financially fit. It's yeah, absolutely 100% with you, Martin, about being having a better financial understanding. But sometimes we are all at different levels. And not everyone's going to be able to be, you know, be able to pick up that financial literacy, as you said. So sometimes we just need to surround ourselves with some people that we trust, that have that ability to be able to put it in a way that we understand, and they can help us manage it. That's why we have different industries in society you know, accountants, financial advisors and so forth. We just got to find the right people for us if we're not at that level of having the ability to understand it. Now, you know, the other thing, Martin, is when we talk about money and, and me or money and you, it's about always understanding that having a financial stability is important. It does bring health and well-being to people's lives because financial stress is one of those things throughout the world that affects everyone. What I'd like people to understand is that have a good balance in terms of what that means to the, to you, to me, and how do we go about it, you know, to make sure that money is not the driving factor. Because one of the things I've seen in life, Martin, 
is that the people that got money, they spend a lot of time fearing that they're going to lose it. The people that don't have money spend a lot of time hoping that they can get enough money to to live life. What I'm saying in life itself is live life every day, enjoy every day, decide how you want to live life and say to yourself, what do I need to do to be able to sustain that life? Don't focus on the on the money on itself because that should take care of itself if you're making better decisions. So money doesn't become the only thing on my mind. What my mind sets on for me personally is, am I doing what I enjoy? Is it going to sustain the lifestyle I want for me and my family? If it is, the money takes care of itself because that money I'm generating is supporting exactly the life I want to live. And there's no right or wrong in that answer in itself. That's true. I don't have to be like the person down the road. If what they're doing makes them happy, I'm happy. What we need to do is be happy with our choices and not be influenced by people around us. So true. Do you know what the most famous money quote of all time is? Probably the most repeated money quote. Okay, give me a few minutes. Let me think. Well, you don't have a few minutes because you're on a podcast. So it is... <laughs> Benjamin Franklin said, time is money. You're just a quoting guy, aren't you? I love quotes. Yeah. I love quotes. So what did Benjamin quotes, Franklin say? Quotes and movies. What did Benjamin Franklin say? Time is money. It is. That's why you don't have two minutes to think about a quote. But you know what I say? I don't say time is money. What do you say? Well, time is life. Oh, you, you're going very deep. Yes, I am. You are. Because you're, you're, you're very You know, if I relate my individual. time just to money, I'm yes. never going to find the happiness. But if I relate time to life, every moment I'm living, if I'm happy and I'm joyful and I'm always looking to aspire to get better, then you know what? The money will take care of itself. You are Yoda. Who's Yoda? What? <laughs> you are Yoda. Who's Yoda? I want to know. Star Who? Wars. Oh, Star Wars. Yes, oh, Yoda. Yeah, yeah. So you're a, a very quotational type person. The wise and one. And a movie. The wise one. Oh, Yoda. The wise one. Well, I love Yoda. I love Star Wars. Is that Wars. a compliment? That's a compliment. That no, was no, a compliment. Oh, you just made my day. Yeah, there you go. You got a do pe- I get a present? You've got a pep do I, in your... Do I win a prize? You have a pep in your step. <laughs> Do I win a prize? Is there provolone, No, there are no prizes here in your personal <laughs> podcast, and certainly not for you. When we get back to the money side, yes, I want all our listeners to know there's nothing wrong with money. What about the love of money? Look, they're, they're, everyone's got their own quotes. With the, you know, the love of money is evil and all this. I'm just saying there's nothing wrong with money. The thing we need to all focus on is what? how do we want to live life and what money do I need to sustain that life? It's really simple. It's a simple equation. There's no limitations on where you need to be or where you don't need to be. It's just saying if that's the life you want to lead, what is the career, business or work I need to do to be able to support it? You know the old saying that we all have problems and it's Sometimes better to arrive at your problems in a limousine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Look, sometimes I say that. I'd rather be rich and miserable than poor and miserable. But yeah. the other thing is is that when you look at it, work within the constraints you have. It doesn't mean that if you want to do something in life, you have to do it tomorrow. Put a plan in place slowly to progress there. Work within the means that you have. Maximise those opportunities and you will improve. You will increase. Your wealth will increase. 
till you get to a point where that's exactly where you want to be, but because you've done it systematically, because you've done it strategically, when you get there, it's going to be sustainable. You know what I've found, Mim, over the years is that meeting many people in many walks of life and many industries, the thing that I actually find that people crave the most is simplicity. Yep. Simplicity is a key. And what that means, though, and I hear it, and I hear it now, and it might be a stage of life thing, I'm not sure, but people say, what do you really value? Well, I value friends. I value my loved ones. I value my family. I value those around me. And, yes, I've got the resources now, and I want to look after others with what I've got and I've been fortunate. But what I really crave is a simple life. Yeah. Hey, look, and look, we live in a everyone's super. simplicity. A simple life is very different. See, sometimes what we call simple, others could it could vary. One of the things, though, Martin, when we talk about money again, is if we're willing to invest money, let's say in the share market. You know, in my view, is this: whatever money you invest in a share market, you should be willing to lose a lot. Because you're investing with the hope it's going to return. I'm just going to pop you on hold, Mim. I've got to make a couple of phone calls. <laughs> what I'm saying is that when you invest, you're understanding you're taking a risk. And if you're not prepared to think that that could go south and or you could lose the lot, and if you do, it's going to destroy your life, then don't invest it. But is that, the, is that the case with anything? I mean, isn't there an inherent level of risk in everything we do? But you've got to be willing to understand the risk and accept the risk. So if I invest $20,000 on a particular share, I've got to know if that ends up going the different way than I thought and I lose the lot, am I still going to live life? Okay. Interesting. Do you agree with that? Uh, because inherently if we risk money, then we've got to know that that risk might not turn Look, out Look, I the think way our want. job is to understand the rewards, but I think our job is to mitigate risk. If that's what you're asking yeah. me, yes. You, you, we all have choices about how we can earn wealth. So you can have earned income, yep. you can have passive income, yep. or, of course, you can have both. Many of us have both. As yeah. long as you understand the risk, then do it. Make the decision. Nothing in life is without risk. Ultimately, Mim, in my experience, what really makes money what? is money. That's, 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 that is ultimately yeah. what makes money. You need money to make money. Yeah. But the key I'm trying to raise here with money and, and you is the fact that if you do want to grow your wealth, understand that ri- there's risk in everything, but we've got to understand that risk from both sides. But this underscores the importance of living within your means. Yeah. Because if you have a mentality that money makes money yeah. and you're overextending yourself all the time. There is a risk you could lose the lot. Correct. Yeah. So, you know, preserving your capital, it's, it's, it's kind of like a game of cards, a game yeah. of chess. It's, it's like, use these analogies. You, you've got to protect your base. Yeah. Right? But the, the, and again, there's a, I, I encourage risk. You know, from a, from a mentor and coach point of view, I encourage people to take risk, but I also understand the limit of that risk. So people's, people, we're all different, but the key to it is is understanding both sides of that ledger. And you, your attitude towards risk will change yeah. as you go through your life. So if, if I look back when I was kind of starting my own business, Mim, my attitude to risk is very was very, very different to what it is now. There would be a higher level of risk at, at a younger age than as a more mature person. I would have been absolutely prepared to double or nothing. Yeah. Yeah, no problem because I didn't have a lot to lose. Yeah. 
And th- and that's the interesting thing is when we're younger, we tend to have this tendency of taking a higher risk. But that's why time is money. Yeah. Because when you're younger, if you take a if you take a fall, you'll pick yourself up. You'll get on with it and you'll do it again. It does get more challenging as you get older to continue to do that. Because your mindset changes. Your mindset changes. But it shouldn't. But your circumstances change. But it shouldn't. Because we're wiser when we're older than when we were younger. That's true. So wouldn't it make sense to take a higher risk when you're more mature, more knowledgeable, more experienced? Possibly. But we're willing to take it when we have no experience, no knowledge. We're willing to risk it all. But then on the other side of the ledger, when we build all this confidence, knowledge, experience... We don't want to do anything with it. Better not do anything, just in case I lose it. That's interesting. That's actually quite an interesting conversation. Back to that thing about simplicity. When we all all kind of um, aspire towards a simple life. So, What is a simple life to you, Mark? I'm I'm just going to share an analogy. So I remember my father passed away when he was young. He was 49. That's very young. And several months before he passed away, I said to him... Tell me about your life. Do you think you've lived the life or you're living the life you want? And he was a successful yeah. man. He, he, was a, he was a judge. Yeah. And he was a very intelligent man and a very values-driven man. And he said to me, if I had my time again, I would have been a farmer. And I said, That's well, interesting. And I said, really? And I said, why? Yeah. He said, the simplicity of living on the land. Now, I don't know if that was a little bit of a romantic view of living on the yeah. land. I think living on the land would actually be quite difficult. But that was his view. He he had a very complex role. Yeah. He had to make some very serious decisions every day in his line of work. Yeah, And interesting, Martin, when you bring up the dis- discussion there about your, your father is that, you know, you probably look over time that all those people that had – those type of roles, generally when you talk to them, they all were looking for a simpler life. Why? Because making those decisions and making those calls, you know, are quite difficult. And yet when you look on the other side, Martin, the people that lived on farms, when you talk to them, they're all aspiring to go to the big cities to have these big careers. It's just funny when whatever your experience is in life. So why is that? Why is the grass always seemingly greener on the other side of the fence? Because whatever we're doing, we we think that the other side is better. Whatever we're doing. We could be on any scale there. We always think it's a bit like jobs. You don't know my job's so hard, but, you know, yours would be easy. And yet you would say, but you don't got no idea what I'm doing. And in all, I've heard it so many times. And like some of us say, oh, look, I'm leaving this job. The culture of this organisation is just not where it yeah. should be. They go somewhere else and think, worse. why did I leave? <laughs> why? why did, what, what was I thinking? Just in our natures that sometimes unless, and this all comes back to this point, and we've spoken on it in an earlier podcast, if you're happy with who you are, you find that those Thoughts of simple lifestyles don't come into it because you're happy. So whatever you're doing, you're enjoying. But if you're not and it gets to a point where it becomes anxious, whatever you're doing in life, we always think, well, I'd like a different life. You know, I'd like to, Martin, what you're doing I think would be great. And you might say, remember what you're doing I think would be great. Why? Because we're not actually enjoying life itself. It's funny, Mim. I've never craved simplicity. No? No. I've always led a... Busy, complex life. And I don't mind that. On a scale from one to ten? What would you say? Twelve. No, I know you I know your work ethic. I'm saying on a scale of one to ten, would you do it differently if you had your time again? No. 
You'd still do what you did? Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's good. Because I have an inherent belief that I never want to look back and think, I wish I had. That's what drives me. I never, ever want to think, I wish I had. Because to me, that's a wasted life. Yeah. So, and so you're I, always willing to pursue what you believe in your mind is something that you want to achieve. And sometimes I'll get it right. Sometimes I'll get it wrong. Which is fine. Sometimes I'll get it somewhere in the middle. But but isn't that life itself? Moment? And I don't look for perfection. Yeah. I'm telling you, if people look for perfection, they'll never find it. I just don't want to live with regret. Yeah. Perfection is today. What you can do today, just do it. And it, if I apply that to our topic today, which yeah. is money, I kind of have a similar attitude. It doesn't mean I'm cavalier. doesn't mean I'm reckless. It doesn't mean I don't mitigate risk. You know, I am financially literate and I've taught myself that. But it doesn't mean I'm immune from risk. I will take a risk. I will take a risk. Life is a risk. You know what I say to our listeners with money? You know, there might be people out there saying, well, when I get some more money, I'm going to be able to do more things. With whatever you have, whether it's much or little, what are you doing with it? Because let's say, for example, Martin, I say, well, when I have more money, I'm going to help people. Well, if I'm not helping with what I've got at the moment, I probably won't help with when I have more. Absolutely. So what I'm saying is value what you have at whatever level. Some of the most generous people are the people who cannot afford to be generous. Have you noticed that? I've noticed that. And it's not because others don't want to be generous. It's just that sometimes we program ourselves in a certain fashion. And sometimes money can become our worst enemy. Why? Because the more we have, the more we we fear losing it. We did a podcast on scarcity versus abundance. Yeah. And in many ways, that's what we're talking about, yeah. aren't we? You that's either right. have an abundant mindset, meaning that money is infinite, or you have a scarcity mindset where money is finite. The key, The key in this conversation for me is making sure that money is not your driving force. We've got all got to live. We all got to be able to pay our bills. But don't let the money drive. The example I gave about jobs, when you go for an interview, you know, there could be a, a significant salary. People say, well, oh, that's the job I want. It's going to help me with my money. They get the job. After the first pay packet, the money's irrelevant. Yep. Now it's the environment, the people you work with. Every day you go to work, do you enjoy it? If you're miserable, You'll regret ever taking that job. Mim, I think there's something which is altogether more powerful, more emotive, more engaging, more inspirational than money. Which is? Purpose. Yep. It's purpose. It's all about purpose. Find your purpose and many other things will look after themselves. Do you agree? Yeah, that's right. And if we don't put ourselves in this position where we think we have to be at a certain level in society – just be where you want to be, where it makes you happy, not where it makes everyone else happy, where you are happy. That's what you work towards. Mim, thank you for sharing your experience on a pretty important topic in all of our lives. Absolutely. And may all our listeners always have an abundance of money to be able to do exactly what you want, enjoy life, smile, and we look forward to speaking with you next week on your personal podcast. And even if you don't currently now, keep smiling because it will come your way. Life's good and it gets better every day.